Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, now, whether you're hearing me preach for the first time or you've heard me teach for 13 years, I want to say this. I don't take you guys for granted. Um, I love you guys, and thank you for the chance to share God's Word with you and to have this time together. You are a gift to me, and um, just my heart's very grateful this morning for you. You know, we've been working with our 1230 Spanish service, and, and the people there are just such a delight, and they become such close friends to me. Most of them are from Venezuela, and so I've kind of, you know, just lightly helped them plan services. Uh, they, they don't need my help because they are incredible musicians and preachers and all that. But, you know, I gave them a couple of warnings, like Super Bowl Sunday was coming up, and I said, hey, you're here in America like next Sunday is really crazy because people are all about American football. And so they're like, okay, and they ask me questions. And then different holidays would come up and so forth. And I would say, hey, do you guys celebrate this in Venezuela or back and forth? And last week, um, Jenny, who is Pastor Jesus' wife, and she's just an incredible co-pastor with him, uh, she, she asked me with all sincerity, she said, Pastor, she said, do, do Americans celebrate Father's Day next Sunday? I'm like, yeah, we do. I'm like, way to turn it on me a little bit. I like that. I like that. We need, we need to learn some things from the uh, Venezuelan Christian family also. So Father's Day is here, okay? Um, you know, Beth asked me a very sincere question too. She asked me, what do you want for Father's Day? And I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what I want? I want you not to post about me on social media. Now, obviously, I love it when she does, so I'm not going to act like I'm above it. She's, she has been my number one encourager uh, for 23 years, and she makes me look a whole lot better than I really am. But I have a birthday in May, and our anniversary is in May, and so by the time the third Sunday of June comes around, it's like, there's nothing else good to say about me. She's run out of adjectives, and like, it's a lot of work for her. I mean, just... Y'all heard about me last month. And so my, my daughter, Abby, she's 21, and she's spending the month of June in South America and so she, with, with her college. And so she texted me this morning and told me all the nice things a daughter would tell you. We've got a special relationship. And so I said, hey, just do one thing for me today. She said, I said, don't post about me on social media. And she said, too late. I already did. I already started it. <laughs> You know, she, she has an awesome day planned. She told us a little bit about uh, their, their professor is renting a yacht for them somewhere off the coast of Columbia. It sounds pretty cool. And so I'm like, I don't want you managing social media all day. You've already wished me a happy Father's Day. Isn't it interesting, like, the pressure that we have? Um, sometimes I've been sitting three feet away from Beth on the couch, and, you know, she's posted happy birthday, and then I post back, Thank you, babe. Love you so much. Heart, heart, heart. And it's like we're three feet away. <laughs> but, hey, you've done it too, so don't act like you hadn't done it either. I mean, so we, we kind of feel like this external, external pressure. What I want for Father's Day is I want my kids to live satisfying lives in Jesus. I thought about that sentence for a while because there's all types of traps, you know. I, at first I said I want my kids to live a great life, but... You know, well, what does a great life mean? All that. So I thought about the sentence, and I'll say it again. I want my children to live a satisfying life with Jesus. So here we are on Father's Day, and I typed something in my notes, and this has held true until this Sunday. 
Uh, Mother's Day is one of our best attended Sundays of the year. It's our third highest Sunday of the year. And Father's Day is usually one of our worst attended Sundays of the year. That may be symbolic of the church in America. Now, y'all proved me wrong this morning because we have a pretty full house, but I just thought that was so cool to type. I wanted to say it anyway. So uh, way to go, guys. Way to be here. Uh, a lot of times moms are like, I want my kids in church. And fathers are like, I want a day away from church. It's Father's Day. Hey, what does that mean? So just think about that. Father's Day, when my kids were younger, used to mean, um, you know, I, I would be able to pick what I did for the day. So it was like, Dad, pick a restaurant. So I would pick a restaurant that had macaroni and cheese and an ice cream machine. <laughs> and then I would act like that's where I wanted to go that day. Um, then there would be this idea of a family movie, which, you know, I know a great dad is supposed to have great memories of watching family movies with their children. That's always, that always has been a pain to me, man. I mean, this just takes everything in my will to stay awake with uh, all those family movies. And so, um, so I say to I believe this is the heart of a father. Save your cards, kids. Save your social media posts. Save your dinner reservations. Reservations. Don't buy me socks. Live a satisfying life in Jesus. And I want my kids to, to, to be so satisfied in Jesus that maybe they're too busy on ministry, doing ministry on Father's Day to deal with me. We've been talking about this sermon called Jesus Style. The premise is this, Jesus is our example, and then Jesus said, I want you to do the things I did, which we fill this huge gap, and rightfully so, but the Holy Spirit's helping us close that gap. So today, the title of my message is Jesus and the Father, and, and I, I, I believe this, this message is going to bring just healing and life to all of us, because the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. The triune God, we confess the Trinity every Sunday with our confession. But they chose to demonstrate this relationship on earth as an example to us and a prototype to us. And this is going to give us great hope today. I sent the e-newsletter out Friday. Thank you for the 10 of you who read it. But uh, in case you didn't read it, thank you. I, I, I mentioned that there are traps on Father's Day. Uh, we verbally beat up fathers. Or we try to make ourselves as communicators look like, you know, better fathers than we really are. Or we might talk about our fathers in this, these idealistic ways that have forgotten some of the painful things that we had with our fathers. And so then it causes insecurity and people feel like they're less human because they didn't have this special relationship with their father. And, you know, I, I think that scripture wants to cut through all of that. You know, the, the, the father and his love is available. And I want you to hear this today. We are all on the same level with the father. We're, we're all on the same ground with the father. And so how the father demonstrated love to Jesus is what we have a chance to receive today. It's not just a model of, of earthly fathers and their children. It is a reality for us that the love of the father that he he gave to Jesus is for us today. It's for us today. I had a great dad. He passed away 17 years ago, and I could talk 30 minutes of kids. But something I, I can say is true for me, it's true for my kids, and it's true for 100% of us in here. 
100% of us watching online, 100% of us sitting in this room, we all have father wounds. All of us. I mean, even you, you can take whoever you admire most in this world, poor Billy Graham, we always bring him up, but I'm sure, I'm, I'm certain of it, I'm more than certain I've read writings from his kids. His kids love and respect him, but they've had father wounds too. So we all have father wounds. And so let's not live under this lie that somehow your life is less than what it could have been because of your father wound. Because every single one of us have one. And it, it is a chance for us to turn to God. You see, God, and this, some of this stuff is later on in my notes. I'm kind of messing up my sermon with the Holy Spirit speaking it now. God is not the replacement for the father, that the father wound that you have or the father you didn't have or the father's mistakes. He's not a replacement for that. He is the ultimate end God doesn't replace our father. God is our father. And some of us have had, had good relationships with our father. All of us have had some type of wound. Some of us, you know, we, we haven't had a father ever. Or you're like me, I haven't had a father in 17, 18 years. But we all have the same opportunity. And Jesus has shown us that through his life. So the first thing I want to point out from our scripture today, we're going to, be in, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 3 is the father demonstrated to Jesus by claiming him. The father claimed him. And I I want you to understand this today. You have been claimed by the father. See, we all deal with something. This comes up, uh, you know, quite a bit when I speak because I believe it's such an important, important principle to understand that we all have an orphan spirit, that the the father heals and we're scared of abandonment. And then if you've been through a tough marriage or you've, you have a bad relationship with a parent or, you know, whatever the case is, that your career suddenly changed, that, that sense of abandonment is real and, and, it, and it speaks to our deepest fears. And that, that gives us a chance to tap in to this relationship that is tangible and real and present right now. Through Jesus Christ, through God our Father. So we look at the baptism of Jesus as Matthew, Matthew's account. Matthew chapter 3, starting with verse 13. Then when Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But, but John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. And Jesus answered him, allow it for now. Because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened him, opened for him, and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I want you to see this as, as a first fruit of what God's done for you. Because God has said to you through the gospel and through your salvation, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. You are not slaves. You are sons. You are daughters. 
You are in the family. You have the Father's name. You have the Father's approval. The Father has set his love and attention on you. The Father has chosen you. Sometimes we wrongly believe, well, yeah, God loves me because like, that's God's job, right? He has to love me. What incorrect thinking that is. God's chosen to love you. God is not the replacement for your father. God is not the substitute. God is the fulfillment of the need you have for a father. He fulfills that deep longing. And so the father wounds that we get, and it can be, it can be something as simple as, as a look. It can be a perception that we are at a disappointment. Whether it's true or not, it's a perception that we have. All of these things cause us to turn to he who is the fulfillment of our need. That our father loves us. He's crazy about us. He set his attention upon us. And he is watching over our life. Every good thing you can attribute to an earthly father. And today's a good, thing, a good day to do that. To start thinking about, man, all the good things that come from a father. And sociologists have looked at the statistics. You've heard them too. Look it up if you haven't. That fatherlessness is a huge, huge cultural problem. And, and it, it is directly related to the, the social evils that all people want to eradicate. So the more father, the fathers, the more we step in to that God-assigned role, not, not just the better our kids are, the better the world is. You know that in your heart. But I want you to think about fathers that you know, and, and you know some good fathers. Some of you have good fathers. Fathers that you know of, you know, there's always that neighbor dad down the street that you're like, oh man, what a cool dad, man. I knew this guy in, in our, our city who would, would have water balloon fights with, with all the high school kids um, and he would like plan and prepare. What kind of dad does that? That's like, what in the world? So there's always that dad, you know, that dad who's just is like, it's like, I guess a still kid at heart. So you know of these fathers. And then there's these idealized fathers that we have. Now, not many of you will remember some of these shows, but you know, fathers know, Father Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver. I used to watch it when I used to fake being sick. My parents would let me stay home from school <laughs> to watch 1950s you know, sitcoms um, in black and white. But uh, you know, the Cosby show, I mean, this, the, the dad who always was funny at the right time, who always knew how to give wisdom at the right time. And on and on and on, and, and, and I'd stop watching TV somewhere in the mid-90s for the most part. So, sorry, I don't have a, a modern equivalent here. But, but you understand the concept of if we begin to imagine these perfect fathers in our minds. Every good attribute that you know about, that you've observed, or that you've imagined, belong to God our Father. The good things that we get from dads are just a sample of the love that we find through the Father. This is my beloved Son. That's what God said to Jesus. This is my beloved Son. And, and we can hear this now to us as daughters. This is my daughter. This is my Son. And I want, 
I want you to know that when we come to the table of the Lord, when, when Pastor Aubrey and Jen lead us in these powerful worship songs, when we gather around living rooms and open the word of God together in a small group, the love of the Father is claiming us. And he's saying, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're in the family. Your destiny is with me. I'm preparing a place for you. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of these messages because the message from the world is something so different. Number two is this. We're going to look at the same scripture, but he affirmed him. The father affirmed Jesus. Some of us, we're living our whole life trying to get the approval of an earthly father. This is why, you know, counselors are making big money exploring this issue. And it's a good thing to do. I I go to a counselor and and everyone should go to a counselor sometime in their life. But a lot of people are chasing the approval of a father who is not even alive anymore. Or we're chasing the approval of a father who, for whatever reason, doesn't have the capacity to give us the approval that we need. So even if we do everything correctly and we do everything right and we do everything, you know, we check off every box, for whatever reason, because of their past or their personality or even their generation, we're never going to get that satisfying approval from the Father. And I want some of you to be set free from that today. To not live for the approval of the earthly Father. But know that there is a father watching the details of your life. He set his love upon you. And he has shown us through his relationship with Jesus that he approves. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. We already read it, but I want to emphasize a different part of the scripture. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. I love this. With whom I am well pleased. Try saying that over your kids sometime. It means something. Say it over your kids sometime. Even if they laugh at you at first, they're not laughing on the inside. They, there is something, there's, a, there's an affirmation. You're, you're, you're speaking to a need. You're speaking to a, an eternal need. Hey, this is my daughter and whom I'm well pleased. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. No more satisfying words have ever been spoken on earth. The approval of the Father. I want you to know it's yours. It's yours already. You have it. I'm not telling you go earn it. I'm telling you receive it. I'm telling you tap in to what God has already given you. The book of Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians is is an example of that, of the approval of God that's on us because of Jesus Christ. Later on in the Gospels, there was this time that Jesus went and spent time with those he called, Peter, James, and John, his closest friends. And at this time, there was still this kind of debate, um, both verbally and probably internally, is Jesus... There's no doubt he's a prophet, but is he the one? Is he the Messiah? Is is he it? And let's read the story. Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 2. 
After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them, and his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. So, so we see here something supernatural is happening. Elijah appeared to them with Moses. So these are the major guys of the faith. I mean, we could, modern equivalent, we could say George Washington and Abraham Lincoln <laughs> appeared with, with, with this American politician. And maybe, maybe we, that, that would be, even then it's not, it wouldn't even be that deep as it was when Elijah and Moses showed up. And they were talking with Jesus. Verse 5, and Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. That's logical because he didn't know what to say since they were terrified. And verse 7, a cloud appeared overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Now look at this. Listen to him. I know you're impressed with Elijah. I know you're impressed with Moses. But there's someone greater than Elijah. There's someone greater than Moses. This is my beloved son. Now I am affirming and saying, listen to him. Be more impressed with Jesus than you are with Elijah and Moses. In verse 8, suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. The father promoted Jesus. That was part of his plan. That was part of his plan. And bringing this to an application for us, if Jesus is an example to us, um, allow the Father to promote all the things he has put on your heart in you. Allow the Father to launch you into new days, to launch you into new kingdom work, to launch you into that new business that isn't for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of the community. I just want to say this to you, and I want you to hear this with your heart. If you have someone who's demeaning you, belittling you, and tearing you down, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them, even if they are your earthly father. Listen to the father above, because he's claiming you. He's, he's, saying, he's saying, my call is upon you. My destiny is in your heart. My purposes for you are unfolding. He's affirming the things that he has given you. And, and I want you to be encouraging that today. Now, I've, I've been in situations where I thought, man, it would be really, really great if this person would recognize my gift. It would be really, really great if this person would promote me. It, and, and just through the years... I've seen pathways in my mind that would have been meaningful for me. But I've had someone with me all the time. So I don't rely on earthly men or women to be my, to be my strength or to be my promotion or to, to be the one who exalts me. I humble myself before the Lord, trusting in his timing, trusting in his work, trusting in his plan, trusting in that what he has for me is better than what I can imagine for myself. Here's the third thing. Is the father required of him? The father required something from Jesus. He asked for something from Jesus. 
part of being claimed by God and being affirmed by God is realizing that God has expectations of us. And he's at work in those expectations. Before Jesus was crucified, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we'll read about what happened there. Matthew 26, starting with verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and play. Pray, excuse me. Play, pray, yeah. Verse 37, taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, I'm deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I'm so glad that the gospel writers wrote this down. This has been so helpful to so many people. It's been helpful to me. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. So glad that was in there. Because the Father's love and affirmation of Jesus didn't mean the Father eliminated hard expectations. The Father asked his daughters and sons to do hard things sometimes. Because the Father knew that the challenge Jesus faced was necessary. It was necessary that he died on the cross. It was necessary that he would spend Friday, Saturday, and some Sunday morning in the tomb. It was necessary. It wasn't an, an audible or an adaptation. It was necessary, even though it was hard on Jesus. And I'm so glad that that story was told or witnessed by the disciples, and now we have it today. Because some of you are going through hard times And you have this tendency to be mad at God and blame God instead of trusting God. Hard stuff happens in life, and we have to trust God anyway. And I want you to hear this today. Your struggle has a purpose. Your struggle has a purpose. Your waiting has a purpose. This summer, I've been so proud of my two boys because they've been working hard. Uh, Luke has to pay for his own college because, sorry, I didn't have $80,000 sitting in the bank when he wanted to go to college. Uh, so he's getting all the financial aid stuff, and he has a lot of money to come up with. And, um, and, and, and Lincoln um, just wants money. <laughs> so <laughs> I did too at 17. So five days a week, Luke gets up at 530 in the morning to go work at the, the Gap Distribution Center. And, and Lincoln's not working quite as much, but he's working quite a bit at different hours. But those guys, you know, I roll out of bed at 5.30, and Luke's already ready for the day, and he's leaving. And, man, I'm going to tell you, everything within me wants to say, hey, just call in, man. <laughs> call in. Let's hang out this morning. Let's go out to breakfast. Or go back to bed, man. Especially, you know, he bought me a... a a, a ticket to the baseball game with his own money for Father's Day, you know? And I'm like, the next morning, he had work. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, everything within me wants to say, don't worry about it. But how many know God has a plan for the struggle? I mean, it's making him a man. It's making him responsible. It's preparing him for when his school bill comes because he really wants to live in the dorms and he doesn't want to live with his parents and go to Ball State. So that's his choice, you know? Uh, he's got to work for it. The, the, the struggle... The struggle has purpose. 
And if you're a dad and you, you know it's hard to see your kids struggle sometimes. But the struggle has a purpose. And the struggle, God's working in the struggle. And the struggle is what makes us who we, who we need to be. And I want you to hear this today. Don't be mad at God the Father because you're struggling right now. Trust that he is looking out for your good. You're going to get out of the struggle. And you're going to be stronger. And you're going to have more character. And, and, and you're going to be more of the person to reflect his goodness and his purpose. Here's the last thing, and this is what we need to remember. The father sustained him. Number four. The father sustained him. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. It says, this is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. Which was a big deal. See, we're real casual about it. But this was a transformational claim. Making himself equal to God. So there's another scripture talking about the deity of Christ. Verse 19. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. So it's this dependency on the Father. Jesus modeled that for us. A dependency on the Father. And, and guys... That's why we're all equal here, is that we all need a dependency on our Father above. Hey, no more insecurity. You're not less of a human because you haven't had a satisfying earthly relationship with the Father. You're not any less than any person. In fact, I've observed someone with a really, sometimes people with a really good dads have, have some trouble in life. The point is that, to point that out, <laughs> the point is to say is that we all have our Father today. We all have God that we can run to, that we can embrace, and He's going to sustain everything that He's called you to do. He's going to sustain it. He's going to give you what you need to overcome the hard time. He's going to give you what you need to keep your character when you're promoted and when you're in a season of success. Some of you don't realize what a challenge a success in your life is. The enemy wants to promote you out of the will of God. Get you out of church, get you out of community, get you out of, you know, out of going to mission trips. You, you can, you have to watch that the Father will sustain you in times of success. He'll sustain you in times when, when things are going well and the pride comes and the greed comes. John 10, 30, Jesus said this, I and the Father are one. The Father was with them. And that's why that brief moment on the cross where he said, God, my God, why did you forsake me? He did that for us in the whole plan of salvation. But it was a brief moment, but it talked about the depth of their relationship and their unity. And that's for us today. That's for us today. That's that's. That's a foretaste of what we have now in 2021, this week. The Father is ours and we are his. Hey, if you're able to, in the attitude of prayer, let's just stand together. Receive from the Lord today. Receive from the Lord today. Lord, we get ready to receive what you need. Father, we didn't need a cute Father's Day sermon. A whimsical emotional uplift of fatherhood. 
Uh, we can get that on TV later on today. Father, we need your heart and we need healing for our brokenness and we need transformation, God, of our wrong thinking. Lord, I just believe you're doing a great and mighty work in your people this hour. At this 9 a.m. service, for those who are here now, some will be watching the sermon Tuesday or Thursday of this week, and the Lord knew when you were going to watch this sermon. He saw this moment now. This might not be live, but it's live for you right now. The Holy Spirit's working right now in your life. He's working right now. I'm going to tell you the Spirit of God is at work here today. There is, there is an intensity of listening that was different today. And it just makes me think that the Holy Spirit, there was a, a gravity on some of these words today. And he's, he's bringing healing to you. He's bringing um, wholeness to you. He's changing the way you think. This is the power of the truth in God's word. You'll never be the same after this day. You'll never be the same in Jesus' name. You'll never look at this the same again. This is the power, the power of Jesus and his word in your life that he is transforming a way you thought and you're thinking differently. And now the Father and you are one. There's no separation from you and the Father. There's no distance. There's no barrier. There's nothing blocking you. You and the Father are one through Jesus. And everything your heart longs for will be satisfied in him. Everything your heart desires, he is the answer. I've said it a couple of times, but I want to say it intentionally again. He is not the substitute. He is not the alternative. He is the fulfillment of your heart's desire. And so healing is here in the name of Jesus. Healing is for us today. We're going to have some time of ministry today. There's lots of different ways we can respond to the Lord. If you want special prayer, I'll be to your right. Pastor Josh will be to your left. And you just want us to agree with you. Maybe this sermon touched you. Or maybe you need healing in your body. You just need a breakthrough for depression, anxiety. You just need to help with that. Whatever it is, I don't have to call it out. You know what the need is. We'll be available to pray with you. Many of you will want to come and take of the Lord's table today. What we're going to ask you to do is come down the middle aisle and just come in waves. We don't have to come all at once. we got plenty of time. Come down this middle aisle and our pastors will be here to serve you. And you can begin to prepare for that now even. Why don't you go ahead and prepare for that? And they'll be able to serve you and bread will be given to you in this middle aisle. And then if you want to take the, the smaller cups, you move to your right and you can take one of the smaller cups. If you want to take intention, which is taking the, the cup and dipping the bread in the cup, you can move to, to your left. Um, and, then, and then if you want to pray with someone here, someone you love, you don't have to do that, but you may want to pray in little groups uh, with someone you love. There's a confession that we pray most weeks, calling on the triune God. Can we put that confession up and we'll say this together. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all of the world. Let's spend some time together. I'll come back in a few minutes and give our benediction. God bless you.